with Chris, who was was great about your program, is it's uh, long-term fixed rate financing. Right. So right. the dollar value goes down over yep. time. So, right. so you're creating, you know, a value two ways by owning the commercial real estate. You have the appreciation of the asset right. and then, you know, the buying power of that dollar is going down. So that means you're, it, 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 if you're renting, you can count on your rent going up. That's right. <laughs> you cool. have to go up to keep up with inflation, you That's know, right. to keep up the dollar value. If you own and you got long time, long term fixed rate financing, the dollar value is uh, declining. So it's almost like your rent is going down as opposed to going up. Well, uh, that that and it's a, and you get a fixed cost versus yeah. a cost. Yeah. You and know? so so uh, yeah. Well, it's certainly you know uh, obviously the market needs uh, folks like you guys in the market. Uh, but why do you suppose that um, uh, folks who are business owners are slow to to react or to uh, kind of understand something that's so simple and basic to us in terms of owning versus renting, um, working with specialized uh, folks that specialize in this type of lending as opposed to going to a bank. Well, why do you think that paradigm is so hard to shift? Well, I think the first, the, my first answer, Charles, would be that because their hair's on fire and okay. they're putting out fires all the time. And yeah. yes, this this makes good strategic sense for most healthy business owners in this country, but you know, it's a priority, but it's not, you know, one, two, three, four on the priority list. So mm -hmm. they'll get to it eventually. Most, most of my clients have had the experience where they, you know, they, they wake up in a cold sweat about 4.00 AM. Uh, they got to write the rent check later that day. And, and they're usually kind of pissed off about it and go, you know, I, my, my landlord drives a better car than I do. What's right. up? <laughs> and so, so I think, I think they get to it eventually. It's, you know, most, most business owners, frankly, they're, they're trying to recruit talent. They're trying to, to grow the business. They're trying to grow their margins. Um, you know, and those are the things that they know and they can control to some extent. This is a little bit outside the comfort zone perhaps, but as we've already demonstrated, it's a, a really simplistic way to, to add prosperity for that business owner. So, so yeah, my, my job over the last 20 years, 20 plus years has been to be a, kind of a, a champion of this, this idea. I mean, I've written a book about it. I've got another book coming out later this year about this. And it's, it's, um, I want to see more and more people do it. It's the oh. same reason why people move out of apartments into homes. Ultimately, uh, you just happen to be a business owner and, and you need a home for your business. And at some point, you kind of throwing away your money. So, so I think that's, that's the answer. I think, I think they're often very, very busy. They got a lot of other things going on and, uh, and they just haven't gotten around to it. That's, that's how I'd probably answer it. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but, um, but we'll, we'll get more of them there, Charles. We'll, we'll it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. Okay, great. So um, tell us this and, and uh, cause this is important because obviously we're going to have folks uh, in our audience. We, we've have uh Fortunately, over 84,000 views, so our viewership is going up. So maybe one awesome. of the 84,000 is uh, probably looking to transition, uh, right. you know, renting versus buying. What can they do to prepare okay. to become an owner? Uh, what, what's most important? When someone comes to you yep. and they're ready to get a loan to buy a building, um, you know, what are the key things they need to do or be prepared to do? in order to own that property. Sure. So, um, 
The big thing I would do is I would, I would suggest, this is an idea I've promoted for a long time that comes from the residential world, residential mortgage world, which is to go get yourself pre-approved, pre-qualified. Know what, to, what you can afford to get financing for before you go shopping. Otherwise, you're just going to waste that commercial real estate broker's time and your time, you know, looking around at, at buildings on an afternoon, okay? And, and by the way, the reason hopefully they're working with a commercial real estate broker is because they recognize that that's not their skill set. They need to outsource that job to somebody who is a specialist and does this. It's the right. same reason they should probably call somebody like me, okay, because I'm not their bank right. and I'm not trying to jam them into what is a conventional product that works with my bank right now. Okay. They probably need to look at other options uh, and they may not always be given these other options mm -hmm. if they're just going, uh, you know, sort of the short route, you know, right, right back to their, their banker. Um, so that's, that's what I would, I would suggest. Um, the other thing I would tell you is it helps to be somewhat organized, understand what all lenders are going to ask for. I mean, we're pretty, we're pretty straightforward with folks. I mean, we, we basically like to get, we, we like to understand a little bit about the, the, the property, okay, that they want to acquire. Mm -hmm. um, don't have to have it under contract yet necessarily, particularly if they're getting pre-approved or pre-qualified. Mm -hmm. Just, uh, you know, tell us what you're paying, or I'm going to see it on the tax return. Tell us, tell us what you're paying a month, okay? And if that's kind of, that works for you, or you're in a high growth mode, and maybe you need more square footage than you're currently in. I mean, these are all factors to go into it. But after that, I just need six basic documents, and that covers about 90% of our quantitative underwriting, which is uh, we, get, we get business tax returns for the last three years, we get personal tax returns for the last mm -hmm. three years on anybody that owns 20% or more of the business. And then we get personal financial statement, we get an interim financial statement on the business, you know, uh, balance sheet, profit and loss. And then we get a, um, a debt schedule, business debt schedule, so we understand the long-term liabilities of the business, if there are any. And then, of course, we get an authorization release credit from the borrower um, so that we can look at their FICO scores and also understand their personal uh, liabilities, their personal debt obligations. Mm -hmm. Once I have those six things, plus I know a little bit about what the deal may look like, it's relatively simplistic for us uh, to approve a transaction. It'll be subject to, of course, uh, having a clean environmental and, and making sure it values out on the appraisal and things like that. And there's no title deficiencies and things of that nature. But in general, um, we can we can get the deal off the street, give give the borrower that confidence that they're approved for financing. And again, it's going to be another couple of weeks before most of my competitors get get back to them. So it's right. uh, it's a gratifying experience for us to deliver to them. Yeah. And um, do you find yourself sometimes because um, it, it you may have had this experience. I, I certainly have had it. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, small business borrowers might be a little be a little bit unsophisticated. Sure. Uh, their financial records may not be well organized. <laughs> right. Uh, that's probably never been your experience, but I've seen oh, it. A never, times. never seen that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, in terms of making sure they have what, 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 why would you say it's extremely important? to have uh, good financial record keeping and uh, financial records that are actually accurate. Why would you say that's important? Well, because, uh, because A, it's going to be asked for, number one. Right. <laughs> and if you don't have it readily available, you're going to delay the process. Right. And, and if you've already signed a purchase contract to buy a property, um, you know, the clock's ticking. And you can't afford to be sort of, uh, you know, laissez-faire with this. You got to get going on stuff. Right. So that's the first thing. 
um, in terms of accuracy because we're going to find it out. I mean, if, if, you know, like it or not, I mean, uh, we, we pull tax transcripts on every business tax return and personal tax return we get, and we, we compare them and make sure that, that we can verify that they're, you know, the same version you send us is the same version you sent the IRS. Right. Um, because, and occasionally once or twice a year, it's not. And we, <laughs> we have a bit of a heart to heart discussion with the, uh, with that prospective borrower. That's a little uh, illegal, right? When they do that. Uh, technically it is illegal. A lot of it's, <laughs> you know, it's, they, they oftentimes will have some excuse of, oh, well, I changed accounting firms or, you know, oh, I must have sent you the early draft instead of the, the final. And sometimes it's true. People mm-hmm. make mistakes. Um, oftentimes it's, you know, the proverbial, they've got multiple sets of books and that's not good. Um, right. So, so yeah. So, you know, um, we're going to, we're going to do, you know, we do a LexisNexis search on everybody. So we, we're going to find out what kind of judgments and liens and, you know, if you got back child support and all these other things that, that crop up from people's past, we're going to find that stuff out. And again, it, it may be instances that we're not able to overcome and right. uh, it's a problem. So it's, it's not just being organized, Charles. It's also being um, straightforward and, right. and just transparent with, with a lender that helps the process. Right. It really Absolutely. Helps, yeah. help, it helps expedite okay. everything. Yeah. And what I, what I uh, generally tell my borrowers is, you know, I'm your advocate. Uh, right. My, my job is to help you achieve your financial objective with right. regards to this loan. And so the more accurate you are as, as a borrower with us, uh, the better we can do. Even if there's an issue, I want to know about the issue up front sure, sure. because there may be a way to mitigate it. That's you right. know, but if I find out that there's an issue all the way deep into the underwriting process or we're, we're pulling third-party reports and right. now I discovered that you don't actually have 200000 in the bank mm-hmm. like you put on your personal financial statement, uh, which we're going to check to see if it actually exists, yep. you know, yep. or you, you, you were not profitable the last three years as it shows on your tax returns, then, you know, uh, it could have been something that could have been mitigated, but now there's nothing we can do and you just lost your deposit. So, well, and it could be a character issue. It's a, it's a character issue at that point. If people understand that they got to kind of fully disclose up front, the ins and outs, it doesn't mean that, you know, folks like you and I won't be able to get the deal done. We might, but if you want to, (laughs) yeah, well, we may not want to, that's true. But if, but if you wait till the end till you get caught, let's say, um, now we got a character issue that we got to overcome and, and uh, and we don't always overcome those, you know, change your spots. Yep. Yep. So you mentioned you had, you have a book and then you have another book coming out. Um, uh, love to have you come back. It's been a great uh, conversation. Love to. And uh, talk about some things. Maybe we can dig deeper into yeah. some of the mechanics of 504 lending or 78 lending. Um, you know, uh, the goal that we try to do is we want to educate our audience. Uh, and, and you certainly have been uh, a tremendous guest today because I think a lot of insight into uh, how SBA finance work, why non-bank lenders are different than traditional banks. And uh, I think the key word that you mentioned is specialization. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you guys, and, and in our position, you know, we are uh, serve as an intermediate, intermediary, direct lender. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, we, we have various uh, financing vehicles, but when clients come to us, we're, we're uh, taking that deal and we're taking it to the specialist right. uh, in a lot of cases. And that's why our relationship with you guys uh, works so well right. uh, for the benefit of our customers. Yeah. So, nobody should, nobody should be somebody's Guinea pig. And unfortunately you and I have seen that too many times with, with right. banks that aren't specialized. They don't know what they're doing. They'll just say, yeah, we can do that for you. And then, right. you know, 90 days later, borrowers pissed off, everybody's irritated. And yeah. now we get another black mark on, uh, on SBA lending, which is, which is not necessary. Yeah. And, and I'd love to, and we're running out of time, but I love people have this conception in their mind that SBA loans take longer. No, they don't. Not if, if you're working with people who know what they're doing. No. Exactly. I mean, I've closed a SBA 7A loan, a $7 million 7A loan in 17 days. Yeah. I say, well, how, how, first of all, how can, the, the limit is 5 million, right? Yep. You know, but see what bank, a lot of banks don't realize you can do what's called a parapassue structure mm -hmm. and you can get that leveraged up. We're only guaranteeing a portion through SBA, but there's another portion that's not guaranteed. Right. Uh, but, you know, there's so much that we can educate our audience about uh, with regards to the mechanics of SBA lending, what's available, uh, what type of structures we can put together uh, for, for their benefit. And maybe the next time we get together, we can go into detail about that. Let that be fair? I'd love, love to do it with you. Absolutely. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being our guest, and we certainly look forward to having you on the program again. I appreciate that, Charles. Thanks. Thank you.